Good morning, church. Uh, so glad that you can be with us this morning. And, and I just want to say this before we jump in. I have this uh, sense of anticipation as we open God's word, because I believe this, that God wants to speak to us through his word this morning. And so as we dive in, know that the, the God of the universe is going to use his living word to minister to your soul, to open and transform your mind, to, to help you see more clearly, to help you uh, give you hope to move on and, and also to, to continue to persevere. And so as we open God's word, let's have a sense of anticipation of what God wants to say to us uh, this morning. We're going to continue in our series in the book of Psalms. Uh, it's our teaching series for the summer. And, and so far, we've seen how there are Psalms of Thanksgiving. Um, and then we saw the Psalms of Ascent, this idea of being, getting prepared to meet with God. And then last week, the Psalms of the Torah or, or the Word of God. And, and uh, these Psalms are, are beautiful ways of teaching us about our relationship with God, as well as how we are to interact with Him and how He interacts with us. And so uh, we're just going to dive back in into the book of Psalms uh, this morning, where we're going to talk about this, that there is a, a section in a category of Psalms called historical. Okay. These are the history Psalms. And, and they're exactly what you think they would be, that they are the Psalms, uh, the songs that teach us about history. They, they're, they're there to remind us. They're there to instruct us. And so in these historical Psalms, we get to see uh, where God has been at work as well as we also get to see humanity and where, where as humans we have uh, succeeded and where we have failed. And so there's mixed results within the Psalms. And what I love about the Word of God is that it shows humanity in all of its spectrum. It's not just broad brushing and, and, and you know, painting over uh, things that are undesirable. What we actually see in, in the, in throughout all of the scripture really is this, is that um, there's one hero and that is God found in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so God is the hero of the Bible and these historical Psalms, we get to see how God is weaving and working in it, but also humanity and where we've gotten this right and where we've gotten this wrong and what we've learned in the middle of it. And so in the middle of all of this though, we do see God's faithfulness we see God's mercy. We see God's power. And so the big idea this morning as we look at the historical Psalms is this. God's history reveals God's character. God's history reveals God's character. When we think about um, relationships that we have, and we think about if you've known somebody for a long period of time, right? What we see is, is that we see the pattern of their behavior. We see the pattern of their attitudes. We see the pattern of their life. The history that we have in our relationship reveals to us their character, okay? And, and, and the more someone is consistent, the more we can uh, have trust and confidence that they are gonna continue to be that way in the future. And so if, if someone's been a loyal friend to you um, and through times, through thick and thin, right? Like time after time after time, they were a loyal friend. They were a listening ear. They held your confidence. They encouraged you. They were, they were there for you, right? Time and time and time again shows that you can build trust and confidence in that relationship and moving forward, you can lean into that because of the history that you have 
together. And so what the historical Psalms do in, in the same kind of way is we get to see the behaviors and the attitude and the actions of God over a long period of time that has been recorded through history. And that builds our confidence and our trust for what we have today. And so what we're going to see is we're going to, we're going to dig into Psalm 105 today. Okay. So we're going to be in Psalm 105 today. Uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of give a, give an overview of Psalm 105. And what, what I want you to see in all of this is who God is and let who God is inform your future, inform your present circumstances. And so we're going to jump in uh, Psalm 105, starting in verse one. And what we first see this is that history is his story. Okay? History is his story. The, the, the narrative of the world belongs to God, and we're going to see that in verses 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his wonder, wondrous works, glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. What's interesting uh, when, when we look at the historical Psalms that um, most of them, if not all of them, start with praises to God. And I think that's so important. When we think about history, when we think about the world, when we think about God uh, uh, on the move, um, that we start with praise, that we start with the fact that God is with us in the middle of this and that this whole world and, and how this is all playing out is part of his story, his story of redemption, his story of how he's going to save and rescue people and bring glory to himself, and one day make all things new. This is his story. He is the, the, the center of the story. He is the main character, if you will. And we get to be a part of this, but God is the hero. This is his story. And so they begin with thanksgiving to God. They say, oh, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. I love, I love how that does because that, that starts to align our hearts. When we understand that this whole thing is about God and not about me, that changes the way that we view life. That changes the way that how we go through things. It changes how we view our circumstances. When we understand that this is all about a very, very good God who is doing a marvelous thing in rescuing people, even in spite of themselves, even in spite of ourselves, well, that changes everything and how we look at it. So this, these historical psalms start out with thanksgiving to God because it aligns our hearts and understands this, that God was at work, God is at work, and God will continue to be at work. And so this is seek him, pray to him, call out to him. All these amazing, incredible things. And then it says this, remember his miracles and his judgments. Remember his miracles and his judgments. Now, what, I, what is really cool about this is that um, when you look at miracles and you look at judgments, it's not looking at something positive and something negative. What you're seeing is something positive and something positive. God always does good. 
God always does right. And so his miracles, when he steps in and he does something uh, miraculous, that's good and positive. When he brings judgment and justice, that is positive. He's bringing justice to the world. And oh, how we long for both mercy and justice. And mercy and justice find their highest expression in the Lord Jesus. And so he says, as we get this, it's his story. Let's jump down a little bit into this psalm because when we think it's his story, then we understand that he can use whatever he wants to bring about the most good, and he does. Let's, let's jump down into verse 16 where we see how history puts our suffering in perspective. Verses 16 through 22. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had said came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The rulers of the people set him free. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Uh, this is an interesting section of history because there was a famine in the land and famines are terrifying things. But what, what, what God had done is not only was there a famine in the land, but he had sent a man ahead of the famine, a guy named Joseph, who years before, had had a dream that one day he would, be, he would rise to prominence. And because of that dream, his brothers were jealous and they deeply betrayed him and they sold him into human trafficking. He became a slave in Egypt. And when things were starting to look up, even as a slave, he was doing well. Even at that time, the, the slave master's wife falsely accused him. And because of, because of that, he was thrown into jail. And for years, he was rotting in prison. And then there was a guy who was getting released from prison because of what Joseph had interpreted a dream for him. And, and the guy says, listen, I'm never going to forget about you. I'm going to talk to Pharaoh about you. And the guy leaves and immediately forgets about Joseph. And for the next few years, he's still there. In the middle of his suffering, Joseph finds himself in these places. And then, and then comes an opportunity where he comes along and rises to prominence because God is with him. And because God rose him to prominence, he was able to save many from the effects of a famine. An entire nation, in fact, a couple of nations, because then his family came. And instead of, uh, of crushing them, he, he said, I, I'm going to forgive you and I want you to come and live here in Egypt with me because, because even though you, you intended something for harm, God used for good. When we understand that this is God's story and there are bigger things at place, our suffering, our suffering starts to make sense and be put in perspective. And God took the deepest of Joseph's suffering and turned him into something not only great for him, but great for thousands of people. I, I, I know this is true in my own life, and maybe you've had this experience as well. You've gone through something really, really difficult. And at the time, it was suffocating. It was so hard. 
But when we look back on it through the lens of history, we look back on that time and we say something like this, I didn't enjoy it. I wouldn't even say that that was awesome to me and I definitely wouldn't want to relive it, but I will say this, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful this happened. I'm grateful that it was hard at the time, but I'm grateful for it now because it shaped me. It molded me. It, it brought me to the place where God wanted me. He got my attention. He set me moving forward. So I didn't want the job loss. I didn't want the cancer. I didn't want the breakup. I didn't want the abandonment. I didn't want the betrayal. I, I wouldn't wish that on my own worst enemies, but I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful because it helped me propel into a future that God had for me. See, God can, God can take these things and not just teach us lessons from it, but actually make them something sweet to us. And our suffering often only makes sense through the lens of history. And what we see is God's history in this as we go. We see how he's redeemed people all the way through. And so wherever you find yourself today, if it's really difficult, I want to say this. Don't give up hope. And don't give up. And don't give in to the temptation to just end it all. Hang on. Because God is with you in the midst of this. He was with Joseph in the prison. And God is with you now. And he's not done. Let him carry out his plan without you interrupting it by ending it. Reach out to people, cry out to God, but know that your story is not done. Don't give up. Because once you get through this season, through the valley of the shadow of death, where, you, where some days you wake up and you don't think you're going to make it, Don't give up because through the lens of history, you're going to look back at this time and go, this shaped me and molded me and I'm stronger with the Lord and I'm stronger as a person because of these things. That's what history reminds us that other people have gone through difficult things and they were able to endure. And history, history reminds us in the middle of all this of God's provision. God's providing for you even now. And, and as we look back on things, we can think about all the times he's provided for us. We jump down to verse 37. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among the tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give them light by night. They asked and that he brought quail and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham, his servant. So Joseph gets put into prominence and Egypt invites his family and over the course of 400 years, this family becomes a nation, but they were subject to slavery and, and Egypt no longer remembered the good that Joseph had done for them and they totally abandoned that and made his family slaves. 
and God would bring them out of slavery. He would lead them in an exodus out of Egypt and back to a promised land. But along the way, God would, God would provide for his people. It says that, that Egypt was glad when they left because God had brought down judgment and justice upon the nation of Egypt for how they treated and enslaved the Israelites. And they sent them out with treasure. And then when they got out into the wilderness, God would bring manna from heaven, bread from heaven. He would miraculously provide for his people 40 years by bringing down bread from heaven. And when they were thirsty, a hardened rock, it was opened and the rivers of water would flow through and everyone was able to drink out of rock. And when they asked for quail, he brought a wind which brought quail in. He continually provided for his people, even when his people were complaining. And he gave them covering of cloud and a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them. God was providing. And so this week, what I, what I challenge you to do is either to do this by yourself or do this with your friends or do this with your family. I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to start writing out by hand like the ancients used to do before we could type, right? We, we, I want you to write things down by hand. I want you to write these things. How has God provided for you in the past? How has God provided for you? What are the things that God has brought about for you in the past? And look at all the things that God has done and give thanks to that. So when you're in these moments of doubt and in these moments of suffering and these middles of trial, that we can look back on our history and see that God provided for me here and here and here and here. And he's done it throughout the course of history as we read the scriptures. That history allows us to see God's character and we can trust his character today and he's given us a history to be able to see where he has fulfilled promises and taken care of his people. And so write down how God has provided for you. Because when you start to write down how God has provided for you, what that does is it builds a confidence it builds a confidence in the Lord, your confidence in him. Because so often there's other things that we want to put our hope and our confidence in. But history, history will redirect our confidence and properly put it in its place. Verses 43 through 45. So he brought his people out with joy. His chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations and they took possession of the fruit of the people, other people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. He brought his people out of slavery and, and they, were, they were, by his leading, he brought them out with joy and singing. They couldn't help themselves. They were so overjoyed that they burst into song. And God God would bring them to a place where other people had prepared, but he gave them these nations and these, these places, the fruit of other people's toil. They benefited from the work of other people because God had given it to them. Let me ask you this. What are you currently enjoying right now 
that someone else did the heavy lifting. Someone else did the heavy lifting and, and, they, and now you get to receive the benefits of other people's hard work. We all have them. Like we, we all have that. I get to receive the blessing of gathering virtually because of other people's hard work of creating things that would allow us to have video cameras and internet and lighting. And we benefit from the work of other people all the time. And God brings us to this place where we benefit from the work of other people. People who've gone before you. And why does God give these things to us? That we might keep his statutes and observe his laws. God gives us good gifts and now he says, I've given you these things, would you trust me by directing and leading your life? I have statutes, I have commands, I have laws. And all of these laws and all of these statutes and all these commands lead to better life. They lead to joy. They lead to away from sin. And we go, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. And he goes, but I've given you this and this and this, and I've been with you all the way. Can you trust me now today? Can you trust me when I instruct you how to live and how to value and what to, what to rejoice in? Guys, this is what the history starts to shape our lives and go, even when, when, when the Bible says things that are difficult and when God calls us to do things that are difficult and we might lose friends and we might lose our job and we might lose our reputation and we go, I don't know if it's worth it, but God goes, listen, I've been with you all the way through here. I will be with you moving forward. I've taken care of you here. I can take care of you there. Would you trust me? Would you trust me? Can we have a confidence that what God calls us to, we can move forward in? Because we can look back at all the things that he's done. God has never lied. God has never broken a promise. God has never failed. Can you trust him and put your confidence in him today by looking back? Because history is his story. And history shows us how our suffering starts to make sense and how we're bringing about a greater good. And history shows us how God has provided for us. Now let that history redirect your confidence, not in yourself, not in government, not in your wealth, not even in your friends and family, but put your confidence in the Lord. He's never failed. He's undefeated. And he'll continue to do so for eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this moment that we can reflect upon your history. And that we can be reminded again because we so often forget that this is about you and your beautiful plan to redeem the world. And we so often forget that the trials and tribulations and the suffering we experience now will be worked out for a greater good that we can't even possibly fathom at this moment. You've done it before, you do it again. 
And that we forget that you've provided for us. And that we forget that our confidence needs to be directed into you and not into the things of this world. And so, Lord, let us remember today and let us go back to these historical psalms and so we can remember your faithfulness and goodness in it all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.